Welcome to the Stockdale UCC podcast. We hope that you are encouraged and find deeper purpose and meaning in your walk with Christ. If you would like more information about Stockdale United Christian Church, please visit us at stockdaleucc.org. Where we'll be. Second grade and under, you guys can head downstairs. Once you get out of here. I know most of those kids don't really want to go. They would rather sit up here and listen to me, but I guess we'll make them. Well, as you guys have figured out, today is my birthday. So, 37, I'm happy about it. Better to be 37 than not be 37, right? So, my only choice from here on out is older than 37, so I'll take it. I ain't getting any younger. But uh, excited to be here this morning. I've, I've looked forward to this. Uh, just being in church with you folks all week. So, um, all right, that's enough of that. Let's pray. Lord, we just want to thank you for giving us another chance to be here in your house, Lord, and uh, to have fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord. You know how much they mean to us, Lord, and, and I thank you for uh, putting these people in my life. And Lord, I pray that you would be with me this morning. And Lord, just help me to preach the word, what you've given me, and uh, Lord, in, in the way you would want me to. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So, we're getting ready to read a story about, and, and this I, I think this kind of section of scripture, this chapter, is, is pretty interesting. There's a lot that goes on here. Um, I have, I don't know, I, I have probably five or six different sermons that come out of different parts of this, this chapter. Now, they lead into other places, and they may be part of other things, but there, there's a lot that happens here in this chapter, okay? So, when... when Saul was king of Israel. He takes the Ark of the Covenant out to battle and does this. He's not supposed to, right? But he does this, takes the Ark of the Covenant out to battle. They're defeated. Uh, he is killed. The Ark of the Covenant is captured and ends up in the hands of the Philistines. The Philistines have it, and every place they take the Ark, of course, it's their big prize, right? Uh, the Ark of the Covenant of God, right? And every place they take it, there is uh, a plague or, or, or things would happen to the people of the town where it was at. Till finally, they took and they, they got rid of it and sent it back to Israel. It comes back to Israel, and when it gets there, uh, some of the people, you know, there, there are a bunch of people who gathered around to see it. Somebody decides they want to look inside, right? And when they do that, the Spirit of the Lord uh, goes out and it slays, because of their disobedience, it slays 50,000 people. So they're like, we're going to leave it there. Well, the sixth chapter of 2 Samuel that we're getting ready to look at is when David makes, 
is going to bring, or initially make an attempt to bring this ark, the presence of God among his people here, he's going to bring that back to Israel. Okay? So, we start out, and, and we're going to read here, just the beginning of chapter 6, and I, I want, we're going to hear what David does at first. There are a few names in here that I'm probably going to mess up, but we're just going to go. I'm not too worried about that. They're not consequential. But Second um, Samuel chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Belel of Judah to bring up thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was at Gibeah. And Uzzah and Ao, the sons of Abinadab, drave the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God. And Aot, it looks like almost like Ohio, doesn't it? But it's, I guess it would be Ohio. <laughs> Ohio, right? Went before the ark, and David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manners of instruments, made of firwood, even harps and psalteries, and on timbrels, and on cornets, and on cymbals. Now, this is sounding pretty good, right? I mean, it sounds like they, they got it going on. They bring 30,000 people down, and they've got a plan, and they take the ark of God, and they put it on this cart, and they take off. And that, I mean, it sounds, it sounds like they're having a good time, and they're playing music. This is great, right? Verse 6, And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put his hand on the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. So the oxen that are pulling this new cart, they kind of rear up or something, and Uzzah, he's like, oh man, this is going to, let me, he takes his hand and he gives out and he steadies the ark, right? Said, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error, and he died by the ark of God. Well, that seems a little harsh, doesn't it? So it says here that in verse 8 that David was displeased, and because the Lord had made a breach of Uzzah, and he called the name Perauzah to this day, Perezuzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? Okay? So, David wants the presence of God. He wants the ark of God. He wants to bring it back to Israel. He wants to bring it to the city of David, Jerusalem. This is his plan. He, he wants to get the ark back there. He knows where it's at. It's at Abinadab's house. He goes out and he gets it. The sons of Abinadab, uh, they're there. They put it on a cart and they take it and, and they're going. And during this process, man, they're doing everything that they think they ought to do. They're singing songs. They're singing praises. And it sounds like the things you ought to do if you want the presence of God, right? It sounds like all the things that it ought to be. If you want the presence of God, they're doing what they think they ought to do. And they've put this on the card, and then they're going to hear, hear those, uh, those animals. They, they kind of shake, and Uzzah, he puts his hand there, and boom. That's it, he's dead, right? Well, David's like, whoa, what are we going to do? This ain't good. 
So they take, they, 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 they decide, well, we're not taking it any further. We're just going to stop here and quit. A couple things we need to understand. I, 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 this is going to make a difference here shortly when, when we, we're going to read a little more and there's more to this story. But one of the things you've got to understand, the ark of God was never supposed to be on a cart. Now, why is that important? When God gave the law, He gave specific designs for how the ark of God was to be made. Everything. What, it was, what was supposed to be draped over it, how it was supposed to be, uh, the, the gold overlay, the mercy seat, all these things. And there was one particular feature they made. They, they put installed rings on the side of the ark. These rings down the side. And those rings so that they could take staves or big poles that they, could, uh, they would put through those holes. And it was men, people, who were supposed to carry the ark of God. The ark of God was never meant to rest on things or on animals or on something else, but it was supposed to rest with men. If it was going to be carried, it was going, the presence of God was going to go where the feet of men would go with it. Now you're like, what's that supposed to mean? Well, you're going to see here in a minute. But you have to understand this. What they were doing, it was the best that they knew how to do. Everything they thought they ought to be doing. But it wasn't what God required. It wasn't what it took. They did what they could. But they didn't do what God was looking for. They wanted a presence and that's great. And you and I, we want the presence of the Lord to be working in our lives and in our church. And, and oftentimes we find ourselves frustrated, just like David did, because we do the best that we can. We come up with great ideas. I, you know, I, I've been around church for a long time. I, I've been involved. I've been preaching since I was 15. You know, I've taught Sunday school classes, adult classes, uh, nursery classes. I, I, I've done that. I've been in music ministry. That there, there aren't very many things that are part of church that I haven't been involved in. And one of the things that I know is we spend a lot of time in church and we're talking about, man, we really want to see God's spirit. Man, we spend a lot of times trying to come up with gimmicks, ideas on, on how it is we can get God's spirit to move. Maybe if we do some different songs, maybe if the preacher was a little better, right? Then we would have a little more of God's spirit and this and that. But one of the things we have to understand is that we can try everything we want that we can do in our power and it doesn't change what God wants. If we want the Spirit of God, we're going to get it God's way. Now, so they took this ark and they're like, well, we're going to drop this off at the house of Obed-Edom. Now, some of you guys, I don't know if you remember, I may have been on Sunday night, I preached a sermon on Obed-Edom. Yeah, Obed-Edom's really cool. He's not, he's not in the Bible a lot, but I'm telling you, it's... it's it's, it's a really neat story. Oh, it's one of those other sermons that come out of this scripture. It's about this guy, Obed-Edom, right? But they take and they, they, they're like, well, we're going to drop the ark off at Obed-Edom's house. Can you imagine? Let, think about this. You know why they stopped? Can you imagine being the guy that they're like, okay, well, somebody just got killed because they touched this. We're going to leave this at your house. <laughs> I mean, seriously. David walks up to you. He's like, hey, um. I don't think we're going to go any further today. You mind if we leave this here? Uh, 
I mean, you, you have to admit that there's no way Obed-Edom was thrilled in the beginning. Uh, oh my goodness, I'm going to have this. You're talking about a guy who's walking on eggshells for a while. You know what I mean? A guy who's not taking things lightly. He's got the presence of God in his house now. And, and I'm sure that, that there is, is, okay, I've got the presence. I'm going to have to make sure I'm doing things the right way, the, the way God wants it done. And you know what happens over the next few months? That as, as the president, now he, he's worried. He's like, oh, I'm scared. I don't know about this. I'm sure. He has to be. But over the, next, over the next few months, you know what they start to see? God is blessing Obed-Edom's house. Verse 11, in the verse 10, says, So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David, but David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his house. So, hey, Obed-Edom, you know, kind of leave it. Oh, sure, I mean, you're the king. What, what choice do I have? But now Obed-Edom has the presence of God in his life. And all of a sudden, here it is in his house. And all of a sudden, everything that he's doing is getting blessed. That's pretty cool, isn't it? What he maybe initially he thought was, he all of a sudden began to appreciate the blessing of God that came with God's presence in his life. Listen, there are people out there today who've never experienced what it means to have the presence of God in their life. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never experienced having the presence of God in your life. I want to tell you something. If you've never experienced that, you want it. Well, how do you know I want it? You, you may not know you want it yet, but you do. It's the thing that you always wanted, but you never knew you needed. Having the presence of God at work in your life is what you want. Trust me on that. So, I will tell you this. I, I do... I'm, I'm, I'm not a name it, claim it, with quotes kind of guy or anything like that. But I will tell you this. The things that I have in my life, the good things that have come in my life, have not been things that have came my way because I'm awesome or I've earned it or I'm great at this or that. They're things that have come in my life because of the blessings of God. I, can, I could stand here this morning and I could tell you stories about God providing for my family, God providing for me in situations at times, and he would, out of the blue, would make a way when there seemed like there was no way that this could happen. I've probably told this story, but uh, several years ago, Reagan had had some teeth uh, issues. Uh, she was young, but, but her teeth had, had uh, she had a bunch of cavities and stuff, and they were going to have to extract several teeth. So we had to take her and take her to a, uh, uh, a clinic where they would actually put her to sleep to do this because there was so much dental work that was going to have to happen. Had to put space maintainers, crowns, uh, fillings. I mean, it, it was a nightmare, and it was expensive. 
I mean, it was really expensive. And, and I remember me, me and my wife, we, we had got the bill. They, they, they send you the bill from there, and we had, we had gotten this bill. We knew roughly what it was going to cost, but here comes the bill. And we're sitting there, and we're looking at this bill, and, and it's thousands of dollars, right? And we're like, how are we going to pay for this? Well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to put it on the credit card. That's how we're going to pay for it, right? When you can't afford it, charge it. But we prayed. We're like, Lord, you, you know, you know we have, well, this needs to be done. Insurance covered a little bit. They wouldn't cover all of it. And we had a lot of money that we were going to have to be putting out that we, we just didn't have. We were, we hadn't been, we'd been married, what, uh, probably five, six years. We were just getting our feet under us, you know. And a uh, couple days later, we go out to the mailbox. And our homeowner's insurance had charged us too much money the previous year. And we had a refund check from them that covered all of our bills from the doctor plus some gas money. Out of the blue. He made a... Listen, I'm not saying that I'm special. I'm saying when, when the presence of God is at work in your life, you begin to see the blessings of God come with it. I don't follow God so I can get things. I don't follow God so I can walk out to the mailbox and get a $3,000 check. That's not, that's not why I'm following God. But I will tell you this, there have been times when I've had needs, when, when, when I, I, there was, I just couldn't do it on my own, that there were things and places I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't get there on my own, that God came in. The blessing of God came into my life. And what I'm saying to you, if you didn't know it already, you want the, the presence of God in your life. Because when you have the presence of God, you get the blessings of God. Well, do you mean if I get the presence of God in my life, I'm going to get millions of dollars? No, I don't. You may... The, having the presence of God in your life isn't going to make you rich. Sometimes it kind of makes you poor. I'll just be honest with you. Sometimes it, what it does is it costs you. It does. But I will tell you this, that the blessings of God, and, and the real blessings, you know, I, I talk about you know, getting a check in the mail, and, and, and that I talk about because we understand, but I'm going to tell you the real blessings that I've got in my life have nothing to do with money. The real blessings in my life have absolutely nothing to do with money. The blessing that I, that, 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 I, that I really want has nothing to do. I want, I want to see people saved. You know, you know who my best friends are? My brothers and sisters in Christ. The people who I can rely on. You know what a blessing you folks are to me? I'm serious. You know what a blessing you are to me? People I can rely on. People, people who, who, who were in one mind and one accord. People who were, were heading the same direction, doing the same thing. People who, who I can lean on. You know what that means? But you, you don't get the blessings of God until you get the presence of God. 
And so here's David, and, and, and three months, God's working out there in Obed-Edom's house. Three months, he's seeing God bless everything that Obed-Edom does. Three months, he's sitting up there in the city of David, and, and he's watching God pour himself all over Obed-Edom's life and all over the life of his family. And you know what David says? we got to get this thing. I want the presence of God here in this city. Verse 12, and it was told King David saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God. I'm going to read that again. And it was told King David saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertaineth to him. It, did, it wasn't just Obed-Edom, it was anything that Obed-Edom touched, anything that Obed-Edom was involved in, anything that, man, you, you, you might have been a bird and you just flew across his property and all of a sudden your, your, your feathers got three inches longer. I don't know. I'm just joking. That, that's... But, but the, the point I want to make there, it, it, that's probably literally not what happened, but the point I want to make is it, it, it literally says everything that pertaineth to him. God was blessing. Just being around Obed-Edom would get you blessed because he had the presence of God in his life. You ever be around people like that? That you're like, man, just be, this guy is, is, is so blessed of God and, and God is so at work and just being around him will get you blessed. And that's where Obed-Edom went. And so here we have verse 13. Or, or the, 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 read the last half of 12, sorry. So David went. This is after they told him that. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with what? Gladness. Now remember, when Uzzah had died, let's go back up here, it said David was displeased. But now he was displeased so he decides we're going to stash the presence of God away here at Obed-Edom's house. But then he sees the blessings that Obed-Edom is getting. So now he's like, we're going to go down there and we're going to get it with gladness. So now, I want you to pay particular attention to verse 13. And it was so that when they bear the ark of the Lord... When they that bear the ark of the Lord. Now this was people, right? It wasn't on a cart. It wasn't, they didn't get a new cart and throw it behind a couple of oxen. It says, and so, and it was so that when they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. So this is how, of course, you know, some of us who are here, we're, we're kind of familiar with the sacrifices and the things that they did in the Bible, right? The, 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 these animal sacrifices and all these things. They brought that thing out of Obed-Edom's house. They would walk one, two, three, four, five, six. Luckily, they didn't run off stage, right? And then they would make a sacrifice to God.
This is getting ready to get to the good part. Right now. You know what six is, don't you? Six is the number of man. It was on the sixth day that God made man. When God cursed man to work and, and, and through his work and toil that, that he, would, he would grow things out of the ground because of man's sins, it was six days that a man was going to work. In Jewish law, those who were enslaved would work for six years before they were freed. We read in the book of Revelations, and you read about the mark of the beast, and it says that it's a number of a man. And it's sixfold, six score, and six. The limitation of human government, the limitation of human economics, and the limitation of human religion. Six is the number of the man. And see, the first time David had tried to get the presence of God and bring it in the city of David, he was trying to do it the best that he knew how. But what David understood is I'm limited in what I can do. So you know what? I'm going to take six steps. I'm going to go as far as a man can go. I'm going to go to the limit of myself. And then the next step is God's. And folks, if we want the presence of God, somebody needs to say amen. If we want the presence of God at work in our life, we have to understand that we can only go as far as we can go. But if we'll take the sixth step, if we'll go to the limit of ourselves and then say, God, here I am, the next step is yours. Amen. Then you and I can move with His presence. I told you that was the good part. Six was the limitation of what man can do. It was all man was designed for. But if you want the presence of God in your life, it's going to take more than you. It's going to take more than you and what you can do. See, seven is perfection. Seven is the day of rest. Seven is the year that the captives were free. And what I'm telling you this morning, if you want the present, we're, we're all here. We, we see the blessing. We know the blessings there. We're like, Lord, I want the present. And we've tried and we've tried. And we're like, man, I've tried to do this church stuff. I've tried to be a Christian. Lord, I really want your presence. And I've tried to do that before. I just can't seem to get it. But that's because you're trying to do it your own way. Trying to get, trying to get God where you want God the way you want to get him there. But what I'm telling to you is, is what you, if you really want the presence of God, then you're just going to have to do what you can. Go as far as you can. But understand that if you want to get God, the presence of God moving in your life, it's going to take more than you. You can go the six steps, but if you want to get past that to where God is really moving, it's going to take Him for the seventh. This morning, do you want the presence of God? Do you want to see God moving in your life?
Do you want to see God at work in your life? I mean, really, do you want to see God at work in your life? Do you, do you want to see God blessing your home, blessing everything that pertains to you? Because that's a real thing. We dismiss that as, as well, it's just some kooky guy out there. He says that kind of stuff. No, it's a real thing. Having God in your life and blessing everything that's going on. I'm not talking about financial money. Man, we get so carnal in the way we look at blessings. Where we're like, well, if you know, I get this and this. That's part of the reason why we're missing out on blessings. Because we're not looking for the right things. I'm talking about real blessings. Seeing, seeing people saved. Seeing lives touched. Seeing people helped. In their state of need. And we miss out on that because we don't have the blessing. Man, if we just get the blessing of God in our life like Obed-Edom did. And everything that pertains to us starts getting blessed. Anybody want that? That sounds good, doesn't it? That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Anybody want that? Well, if you want that blessing, you know what you need? You need the presence. You need the presence of God in your life. And here's what you have to understand about the presence is you can't do it your own way. And you can't get it your own way. If you want the presence of God in your life, you can try and go as far as you can and it'll never be enough. You can reach your limit and it's not good enough. You need God for the seventh step. You need him to get you to the next place. You need to do it his way. You need to give, give the next things to God. You, yes, man, I, I seem like I'm going here and I just I hit a wall and I just get so far and, and I'm doing good. But then I, I fall back. I fail. I just can't seem to get over that hump. That's because you're trying to get over the hump. And all you need to do is just get to the hump and say, Lord, here I am. Use me. And he will. That's the remarkable thing. He will. I will warn you. You pray that prayer. Watch out. I prayed that prayer. When I was 13 years old. Ready to give up on myself. Give up on life. That was the exact prayer I prayed to God. Lord, if you want me, take me and use me. Watch out. Watch out. But I'll tell you what. He wants you. And he will use you. And you can have the presence of God at work in your life. And you can see God's blessing work all around you. Thank you for listening to the Stockdale UCC podcast. We hope this has been a blessing to you and that you will share this with your family and friends. For more information about Stockdale United Christian Church, please visit us at stockdaleucc.org and be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Stockdale underscore UCC.